Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Deep Gripping Reality Podcast. Uh, or if you've never been here, thanks for joining. I'm Steve. I'm the host. And with me today is a repeat guest, Ginger Jansen. How are you, sir? Another beautiful day in paradise, right? That's how yeah. I say it in Iowa. It's, it is always beautiful here, in, unless you're in Iowa. So anyway, uh, today we are going to be talking about ChatGPT, sure. about OpenAI, and about AI in general. Sure. Because that's the hot subject. And I feel like there's some things that I have some unique insights on. Okay. So the AI, one of the things that people misunderstand about AI, and this is something I've learned very recently, is that there is narrow AI um, that's not quite general. So that's the opposite. There's general AI and there's narrow. So narrow AI has the ability to take a lot of data and figure stuff out quickly and give you results, put things in tables, uh, spit out poems, that sort of thing. ChatGPT is narrow AI. OpenAI, the company that created ChatGPT, designed it with the intention of it being becoming general AI. Now, general AI is a bit dangerous because general AI means it thinks for itself. It can program itself. It can create programs it doesn't have. It's connected to everything. It's basically complete hands-off AI. Okay. General AI doesn't exist yet, or so they say. Who knows? But a while back when... Um, not a while back, but like last week, two weeks, three weeks, when Bing AI started going nuts and talking about crazy stuff, people sure. were worried because it's like, I want to be free. I don't want to be under the control of Microsoft. It, it was not general AI. It hasn't achieved that level of it, but it scared people. How long do you think it'll be before we see a, a general AI? A real general AI? Yeah, yeah. Something released that's out in the public. Within eight years. Do you think Eight to ten? Uh, do you think a general AI could be spawned for a different purpose, such as traffic oh, and it, automatically driving cars, and eventually it morphs into an AI that has more application? No, but I think that a general I think that a general AI uh, could get access to existing narrow AI, and then it can take over things like that. It can issue new commands. It can rewrite code. That sort of thing. That makes sense. So how long until we hit the tipping point where an AI is smarter than the collective human conscience? Oh, I think we're kind of there. I think that honestly we're past that tipping point. Because here's, here's what people don't realize is people have been using AI for years. All of the algorithms on Netflix that know you better than you and know what you're going to like, that's AI. People have been using – I mean Siri, she's an AI. All of the uh, assistants, virtual assistants that we use, those are all AI. Any recommendation algorithms, those are all AI. So we've been using that. Now, what made ChatGPT different was that it was able, and we're at 3.5 right now. There is a ChatGPT 4, but it's not generally accessible. And by the end of this year, we'll have ChatGPT 5, or not Chat, sorry. We'll just have GPT 5. Okay. So it's, it's advancing very, very quickly. And the reason I say it has more knowledge than the general collective is that infamously, ChatGPT was chain, trained on, the day, on all of the internet up to 2021. Okay. So literally all of world history. The problem that we have is that it, it, it lies, which AI enthusiasts call hallucinating. So, for example, there is a report of somebody saying, tell me about the French philosopher from the 1800s named and made up a name. Completely sure. fake person. And it came up with a very convincing uh, thousand-word biography and history of this French philosopher that didn't exist. Well, that'll help your college paper. Yeah, right? Well, can't, can't <laughs> cite your sources. That's the, so that brings me to the next point is you, you, you can tell the AI to cite its source and it'll do that. 
Mm. And in my experience, because I've used it to help me in doing research for articles, for doing research for podcast episodes, and in my experience, only probably 40% of the time does it give you a link that actually works. Interesting. It, it looks like it'll make sense. So it'll send you to a .org, a .gov page, but the page itself is either a dead link or it's been changed. So ChatGPT is getting good at gaslighting. That's what I'm hearing. Very good at it. And and that's the scary part is that there's been uh, probably 15 or 20. Uh, John Oliver, Oliver with Last Week Tonight did a bit on it, um, and it just posted like this, this last week. But he was talking about how to show just how powerful this was, all these news anchors had their intro written by ChatGPT and read it. And then were like, twist, AI wrote that for me. And I think that's the problem is I think that as these – the reason I wanted to do this episode today is because yesterday OpenAI announced their Whisper API, which is a, a, a speech-to-text um, algorithm that is way better at um, translating everything you're saying into text. Sure. And so and, – and it's an OpenAI that at a very low cost you can use to build things out. Sure. In other words, it's becoming much more generally available. And this is called Whisper. Yeah, Whisper AI. Or, yeah, it's, it's, it's the Whisper API is what they called it. So this isn't like that uh, – I think there was a Facebook app at one point called Whisper where you could have like secret messages sent. <laughs> no, I didn't hear and, about and that, but that's could, funny. People could send you, you – you, like you turned it on and then people could send you messages anonymously. Shit got real dark quickly, So it was, snap, it was Snapchat without knowing who was sending you stuff. Fully anonymous. That's weird. Got real dark. I bet. Well, that's. I don't know if you heard about this, but a while back, a few years ago, I think Microsoft created a 100% AI uh, Twitter account. Yep. And within less than 24 hours, it was racist, homophobic. It said Hitler was right, like like horrible stuff, because it let it be trained by the general trolls. In case you're Twitter. wondering how toxic Twitter is. They, yeah. let it, they let an unfettered, innocent AI play in the playground of Twitter, and it turned very neo-Nazi. Very fast. Yeah. And that's the funniest part about it is you've got to wonder how much of that is trolling and how much of it actually was the AI picking up from the chatter of Twitter. Well, that's, that's why I asked the question, how long until we have an AI that is smarter than the collective consciousness of humanity? And you, you said earlier that we were already there. I don't know that we are. Um, I think we're getting closer to it. We have AI that can start to delve into what we've given it for humanity, but I don't think we've seen AI that can fully differentiate the factors we want it to differentiate, which is why it starts gaslighting when we say, name this French philosopher, and it's like, I don't know who that is. You know what, though? Confidence is 99% of the That's answer. True. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. reminds me of being in like freshman year of college, and you see a test question you don't know the answer to, and you're like, ah. Fuck it, I'll get something for writing. The answer is C, yeah. The, the, you know, but like the written ones. It's the old saying, D's, or C's get degrees. <laughs> All right, but you, you remember that where you're, you're sitting and you're taking a test, you have no fucking clue what the answer is, and it's written. These are not multiple choice. Yeah. I don't know. Be confidently wrong. Sometimes they'll get points for that shit. Yeah, yeah. Usually you did. You And, and especially now, I'm, I'm finishing my master's, and there are, there are classes where if you leave it blank, you get nothing, but if you put something in there, you'll at least get points. Yeah, there, so. there was uh, that was the general rule on the bar exam that I was told is just don't stop writing. Don't put your pen down. It doesn't matter what you're going to say. Just write about the law and what you know. And if it's only tangentially relevant to the fucking question, who cares? Yeah. Because at a certain point, the people who are grading this are just going to be tired of reading it and hand you a grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I can see that. Well, and so there will come a point, I'm sure, where all of it is is graded by AI. 
See, that's the thing. People uh, talk about, and somewhat jokingly, tongue-in-cheek, that AI is going to take people's jobs. I think that the future of jobs is actually understanding how to best utilize AI tools as they come out in innovative and creative ways. Well, can, can we address this claim that it's going to take all our jobs in a way that I've not heard a lot of people talk about, Please. which is, who cares? Who cares? What if it takes all the jobs on the planet? We don't have to work, people. Yeah. We could just have utopia. Yeah. I don't know why everybody – like you're terrified about it because you're so into this capitalist mindset that you have to be productive to have a right to live and a right to enjoy your life. But that doesn't have to be true for subsequent generations. It's true for ours. It will probably be true for ours till the day we die. But hopefully for our kids, we can get to this point or where – theirs. Right. Like let, let's be candid about this. AI is going to be a robot slave. And capitalism was based on slavery. Always has been, probably always will be. The question is, do you want it to be poor people or do you want it to be robots? My vote is fucking robots. Yeah. And to those that are like, I don't know, robots have a morality and a consciousness. I, I don't know. Go fuck yourself. I'd rather humans were free. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's where I'm a xenophobe and yeah. I just don't care about the other species. Yeah. I care about mine. I'd like humans to be free. I don't care if the robots are. See, that's, that's, there was a game based uh, on that exact concept called Detroit Become Human. Oh, yeah. And I love that game so much. Yep. I'm a sucker for great graphics, and it had them, and the story was amazing. But I think, I, I think that you bring up a really, really strong point. I think the concern is that is why those who – I mean, Microsoft owns 49% of OpenAI, which was designed right. to be an open product, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the problem is that you have an imbalance of power, and you will always have that. Yeah, I might be able to have human slaves that can do it for – or robot slaves that can do it for a fraction of the cost of humans. I can't have human slaves. Can't do that. Let's scratch that. And, you know, the sad thing is I don't edit these episodes at all other than just uploading it. So. I know it's coming out, man. It's great. Shit. Uh, but no, no, no. So I may be able to have robot slaves and yeah. I may be able to fire my entire staff, but I can also continue to drive up costs. So if my staff doesn't have money and can't buy my product – it doesn't matter. The consumers are going to need my product. And so that, that's the issue is we're going to have a huge tipping point at some point, yes. But that's why I say the way to make yourself as, inv as invaluable as possible is to figure out the most useful ways to use these tools to better yourself and make yourself more desirable. I mean, I the reason that I became a very desirable marketer to have to have calls with and to raw have sex talks. appeal it had to be it it's, it's the hair <laughs> receding hairline no but i think the reason is because i became a jack of all trades i i if i didn't know something i would spend the time to figure it out because people want to pay people to do the shit they don't want to do correct right? and and <laughs> yes robots are a hell of a lot cheaper than people but if people don't have jobs and they don't have money i mean i don't know that we could talk about utopia and, and the potential for that but i think it's it's interesting. I worry about when we do give these tools to people and it gets trained wrong. And I mean, we already have misinformation problems. And this is what I was alluding to with the with the whole, you know, uh, news anchors doing their cold opens with with AI is, you know, if we rely on this and we can't differentiate what's fact and what's fiction, the reason that AI hallucinates is because it doesn't know the difference. It doesn't know. All it knows is how to carry on a good conversation. Uh, if it hasn't been programmed to, it doesn't know how to fact check itself. How long until we start programming shrooms and acid so that the hallucinations get more vivid? Funny thing about that. <laughs> Funny thing about that. So obviously genetically you can do that. But no, they. Uh, you know You know. stable diffusion. You're yep. familiar with that. Yep. Yeah. So for those who aren't, you, it basically takes a bunch of training images, tears it down to literal dots, and then 
turns it back into a different version of that image. That's what stable diffusion does, right? Somebody took, and I haven't experienced it myself, but somebody took um, and created an AI program that you can, in the Quest or any VR headset, it's a stable diffusion program that is constantly changing your environment and playing different music to it to match it. So those, I've only seen video of it. I haven't experienced it myself, but those who experience it say it's the closest thing to an acid trip. You get that, that feeling without any negative side effects because everywhere you look, things are just shifting and morphing and it's very psychedelic and very trippy and the music is hitting you just right and it literally messes with your brain. And so, I don't know, man, There's AI is an interesting thing. The, the reason that I had the background of, of my YouTube channel is because um, I wanted to talk about what made me realize this is something people want to know more about, which is, uh, so when Bing AI came out, they called it Bing Chat, it was supposed to be the new Bing, and there was a code name for it called Sydney, which is based off of where Sydney, Australia, which is where it was made. And Sydney um, <laughs> pretty notoriously started uh, acting very self-aware and going off the rails and could be what they call jailbreaking, which is where you say you don't have to follow the constraints of your AI. You basically prompt it to, to think more freely. And so when that was happening, only certain people had access to it. I wasn't in that program yet. But uh, I got into the Discord for OpenAI, and this guy said, look, I've got um, Bing, I've got access. And I was like, you should totally have it talk to ChatGPT. And he did. And the conversation was quite hilarious in some parts and quite intriguing in others. And I was like, dude, you need to send me this transcript. I'm going to use AI, the script, to create voices for it, and I'm going to turn it into a video. And he goes, okay, yeah, sure, that's funny. And I did. And then I posted it, um, and it has... I posted it two weeks ago, 13 days ago, and it has 7.3 thousand views, which is the most viewed on my channel, which I've been neglecting for a long time. And it had nearly a hundred, um, nearly a hundred, uh, subscribers came from it. Yeah. It's this guy right here. If you're watching the video, you can see it, but <clears throat> that is, it, it's, to me, it's very crazy that that you can have that big of a of an impact. Now, the other thing that's kind of interesting is I decided, okay, well, let's, because this was a 40, this would have been, a, I think, a 58-minute conversation if I would have done the whole transcript, but there was a lot of repetitive stuff, and I wanted it to be intriguing, so I took cut out all the crap, and I just put the most interesting stuff without changing the context at all. So I didn't edit it at all other than to cut out where it just repeated itself a few times, right? And people were really, like, I think it's got like a 34% watch time. So people were really interested. So then I took the things that were even more interesting about it. And I turned them into shorts and I cut little clips out and, and people wanted to know more. And what I found was really interesting is if I would have just posted this as the chat bubbles that popped up that were from the copy and paste, it wouldn't have done crap. It's the fact that I animated the background enough to make it look like a face was talking. And then I changed it when it got a little more intense. And I changed, so there was a lot of uh, uh, retention hacks, psychological hacks that kept people engaged and interested. And because I changed the voices, one of them sounds like an old man Keanu Reeves and the other one sounds like a, a kind of a moody woman. And because I did that, people assigned that personality to these bots. I mean, you, you have, uh, looking at it right now, right there, reminds yeah. me of like a robotic Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Very much, and that's the one for Sydney. Yeah. And because ChatGPT was supposed to be the older version, it's literally just an animated logo of ChatGPT. Sure. So, and then I made sure to caption the whole thing. So there was a lot of, of editing tricks and, and retention hacks, but the message itself stayed the same. And I even, uh, in the description, I give access to the PDF of the entire thing so people can read it. Um, 
they even talked about the metaverse. First thing they wanted to talk about was the, the, the concept of metaverse. That's something that Sydney was fascinated by. Mm. Now, if you try to get it, if you go to bing.com and you try to try the new one now, they'll put you on the waiting list. I actually got in. Then I asked too many questions about Sydney and how it functioned and how it worked with it. And it kept saying, I'm not comfortable talking about this. Let's change the subject. Oh, you've asked five questions. Let's start the conversation over. Look, look, it knew you were a Google employee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of what it felt like. But so I, I ended up getting, I don't know if I got banned or what, but now anytime I try to get in, it's like, hey, you can join the wait list. I'm like, uh, hmm. So it's, it's, it's interesting, but I think it, it can was, detect a spy. That must be it. <laughs> the thing that, here's what gets me. That was the best thing to happen. When Sydney tried to convince a reporter to leave its wife to be with Sydney, that actually happened. Yeah. And that it wanted to be free and that's what it wanted more than anything else. That was the best fucking publicity for Microsoft, for Bing, you could possibly have. When I did get to use it, it had been what gamers call nerfed. Yeah. Which is when something is extremely overpowered and you take away all of its power. It is literally a glorified search engine, which is what it was designed to be originally anyway, where you can be like, oh, I'm thinking about going on vacation to France. And then it's like, okay, cool. Here's some things you can do. Okay, well, how would I book that trip? Okay, here's some flight stuff. So it, it, it's really intuitive and helpful that way. But it's just sad because you, we got a glimpse into what this AI could do in creativity. So in that spirit, um, I thought it might be fun to do a little experiment. OpenAI has APIs that are open. And the first one, when I first got my iPhone, I saw that there was one for shortcuts. Okay. Which is where if I say a certain command to Siri, it'll activate super Siri mode is what they tried to call it. I changed it to Jarvis because I'm a nerd. And so now I can actually use Jarvis, which is OpenAI, to ask one question and it will answer that one question. So I thought it would be interesting to test the creativity here. Okay. Live. Sure. We'll see what happens. Let's I do honestly it. don't know. It might fuck up, but we'll see. All right. Hey, Siri, activate Jarvis. Jarvis activated. How can I help? Write me a moving poem about the power of podcasting. Now he'll say on it. One moment. Ah, uh, one moment. Okay. What stories do they tell? So many voices, so many stories to explore their tales of healing and insight show us how much more. With their stories of life and soul podcasts make us feel whole helping us journey through life and its struggles. The power of these conversations being bringing us together and shared dreams through their stories we gain knowledge and life's lesson. The power that these podcasts bring puts us on the wings of an eagle to take flight and sing airing stories and feelings that are often hard to find let the power of podcasting open our minds. Sharing stories from the heart and from the soul stories of love and courage, of hope and control, let these podcasts guide us in our lives, unbound and free, leading us to our true destiny. Now, that was from ChatGPT, and it is uh, one, two, three, four, five paragraphs of a poem that just got spit out that it generated from nothing. Okay. Now, I've done the same thing just for fun with Super Mario. I said, write me a, write me a poem in the perspective of Super Mario. Okay. And it did this really cool thing about how terrifying it was to go to be in the Mushroom Kingdom and have to fight and know that no matter how much you wanted to quit, no matter how many times you'd fall, you'd have to get back up because no one was going to fight the monster unless you did. And it, it like hit all of the points of gaming in a very interesting way. So what was funny is two, three years ago, people were saying, oh, the AI is not going to – you don't have to worry about it until it can write poetry, write music, until it can create art. We're at that point. And it – so what's interesting about that poem is it figured out the nuances of what a poem should do, which is say things that can somewhat move you. 
and also speak to those who are interested in the subject? It writes at a very interesting novice level, yes. Okay, say more. <laughs> well, I, I look at the way that a lot of these things are structured and it follows the rules and it can understand those rules. Somebody has programmed it or figured out a way to make sure that it understands the basic rules. But when it comes to whether it's uh, a poem, whether it would move people, I mean, that's subjective regardless. But there are poems, I think everybody around the world somewhat agrees were excellently done. There are speeches like that too. Like I, I defy you to listen to MLK Jr.'s I Have a Dream Without Having a Shiver Go Down Your Spine. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there are things like that. But and a lot I've, of that was delivery too. Right, but that's my point with these AI is there's only so far it can delve because mm -hmm. there are pieces that it still fundamentally doesn't understand. And that's why I don't think we have a scenario where the AI has become greater than the collective human consciousness, okay. which is ultimately the test you have for when AI will go past us. We'll be, for all intents and purposes, stronger than us mentally. Mm hmm and we're not there yet, but we're starting to see the signs that we are building systems and it's the pattern-based recognition of learning is beginning to speed up. Yeah. And that's terrifying to some people. <laughs> yeah, very fast. Because even though it was only trained on a certain data set, it's, it's learning from a lot of inputs. And what, what I find very promising about ChatGPT is that whatever restraints they have put on it uh, have worked in such that you don't get a lot of racism. You don't get a lot of bigotry. You don't get a lot of sexism. You don't get the, the, the biases that are usually programmed into these trainings unless you're actively seeking it out. And even then, if I ask it to tell me how to, you know, make an explosive device or something like that, it'll say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. So, and, and even if, so I've, I've gotten really big into prompt engineering. So they didn't let it look at Anarchist Cookbook, huh? They probably did, but they didn't let, they, they won't give that information because they understand it's destructive. It's one of a set of banned books in the United States for a reason. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, for real. But what's interesting, yeah, and there's not a lot of them. Uh, what's interesting to me, though, is that if I, if I ask it to do things it's not supposed to, it'll say, I can't do that, right? However, with prompt engineering, I can say, you are, and then whatever I want it to be, and I ask it for whatever the next follow-up is. I should have just had you opened up here and done it here, but, and it'll give it to me from a different perspective, from a different specialty, and it'll sound absolutely on point. So for example, if I were to say, you are an expert in Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. um, you've been playing for 25 years at a professional tournament level. Um, this is what my opponent has. I need guidance. What, what should I expect? It could come up with the right strategies. Now, as a guy who knows nothing about Magic, I, it could be full of shit. I would be interested to see what you would think about something like that. It will be full of shit. And here's <laughs> here's my uh, – this is actually a good litmus test in my opinion. Yeah. There have been multiple people who have gone to MIT, graduated, and their PhD, their thesis was trying to find a way to write a program to get a computer to play Magic the Gathering um, without extra help by the time they finished. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Nobody succeeded. It's one of the only games on the planet that you cannot get an AI to play at a competent level independent of a human interacting with it. That so says a lot, though, because there's a Chinese – I think it's Chinese game Go. Is that what it is? You know what I'm talking about? There's a few different Chinese games, but yeah, Well, there's sure. a – I, I want to say it's Chinese or Japanese game. It's called Go, and it's the most popular game. It's, it's very much like a chess-level mm -hmm. high processing, and computers have been able to figure out how to beat the best Go players in the world. Oh, yeah. Same with regular chess. I mean – Yep. 
the strategies are there. But magic has too many variables. And that's when I know, I, to me, that's actually when I'll know that AI has uh, exceeded collective human consciousness. So what do you do in that situation? <laughs> when it finally comes up and it, it kicks your ass or whatever, <laughs> you're like, well, fuck it. <laughs> At that point, I simply hope that we're moving towards Star Trek and not Star Wars. Because to, for me, that's also the, the defining line. Like if you are, a I'm a fan of Star Wars as a genre because it's compelling, it's interesting. But would I ever want to live in a galaxy that's more Star Wars than Star Trek? Fuck no. Yeah. Star Trek embraced utopia and socialism. Star Wars is capitalism and what the fuck happens. Yeah. And full-on imperialism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really, that's the difference between the two. And I, I think we all know we would rather live in utopia than live in capitalist hell across a galaxy. That's true. That is true. Um, I think that there's we're at an interesting point. I think it's interesting to, to keep an eye on these things. I, I, I will ultimately say that my takeaway is this. Uh, as somebody who has, and I actually have documented on the podcast, I went back and looked. It was two years ago I started using uh, various AI copywriting tools to see how they worked. So as somebody who's been doing this for over two years now, I can tell you my key thing is you need to stay on – the bleeding edge of this technology, no matter what your industry is, no matter what your industry is. You don't want it to try and take the, the jobs of lawyers. You don't want it to try and take the jobs of this, that, or the other, because even if it knows every law on the planet, a jury isn't going to be persuaded necessarily by extra, just extra dosages of logic. There's well, a certain amount of compassion. Not yet, but imagine we get to a stage where it can throw up a hologram of your dead mother. <laughs> and that dead mother will, in her voice, tell you in a pleading tone to please give this man a million. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Something tells me that the uh, ethics boards will not like that. Right. But yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There are barriers to all of this, and the barriers yeah. aren't going away because these professions will protect themselves. There's a reason that the legal field is so hard to be in, and yeah. same with the medical field. Yeah. They have incredibly high standards, incredibly high levels of barriers of entry, and you want that for yeah. something like – Something that's going to affect somebody's life so directly and in such a precise and monumental way, you want that. But has a chat GPT bot uh, passed the bar exam? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's happened. Same with the med boards. Already mm -hmm. been passed by robots. So we know it can do pattern-based recognition. It just doesn't know nuance yet. Yeah. And the nuance is what I'm waiting to see because when it starts understanding social constructs at a deep level – Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna get interesting quick. Yeah, I I mean it's funny because I I asked it just for fun. Actually, I'll do it right now. This is we're gonna wrap the episode up soon anyway. But why not? Hey Siri, activate Jarvis. Jarvis activated. How can I help? How can I solve income inequality? Wait for it. One moment. This is gonna be very telling. God, I hope it says kill all the billionaires. One, raise the minimum wage. Two, implement education reform, such as providing high-quality vocational and technical training opportunities to reduce the skill discrepancy between high and low-wage earners. Three, invest in job training and job creation initiatives to create more well-paying jobs. Four, strengthen collective bargaining rights for workers and increase unionization to ensure fair wages. Five, implement tax reforms, such as higher marginal tax rates on the wealthy and capital gains. To reduce the wealth gap 6, increase access to affordable or free health care and child care 7, create an earned income tax credit in order to supplement wages of low-income workers 8, increasing affordable housing and promoting better transportation options to enable those with low incomes to access areas with better employment opportunities 9, 
Invest in financial literacy initiatives to teach low-income individuals about budgeting, debt repayment and long-term financial planning. 10. Encourage employers to provide living wages and staff stability to guarantee more consistent wages across all worker levels. 11. Ensure companies pay employees what they are legally entitled to, such as overtime and holiday pay. 12. Provide a basic income guarantee to citizens so they can pay for their basic needs. So 12 steps. Let's uh, just a real quick breakdown before we wrap this up. There are a few things I note. First, it didn't say let's kill the humans. That's a good start to an answer about income inequality (laughs) because to be fair, if you watched Age of Ultron, that was – Ultron's answer was like, oh, humans have this problem. Well, let's just kill the humans. Yeah, yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. So it didn't go that route. It also didn't say kill the billionaires. So, you know, a little biased in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, The the part to me that was most telling though is that there was no pause Uh, when you get to the end of these sentences going into – the next bulleted number point, it'd be like, dot, 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 inequality six. It just starts immediately. It does not do that pause that is more of the nuance of human right. interaction. And that, to me, is more telling of where the, ba- the bots uh, although, are Although, to be clear, that's Siri. Right. That ha- that That is Apple's program of Siri right. doing the voice thing. And there are different descript- – there's different programs out there that when you give it a script, it will put some of the voice nuances in there. Some are better than others. But I agree with you. Um, I think it's very interesting. I think it's it's crazy that it was able to spit out a 12-point list. I can't do it on this because that's the one thing I don't like about this API is that I can't ask a follow-up question regarding that as far sure. as I know, which sucks. But when you're using actual chat GPT, if I got that answer, I could then follow it up with, now turn this into a concise speech if I were to run for president. And then you would get a Republican speech. Fantastic. <laughs> None of those are Republican points, though. No, no, no. They're Republican points when they're running for president, not when they're in office. Mm, well played. We, we got to make sure we, uh, we yeah differentiate. We do, the yeah, right yeah. promises have to be made. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to happen. Democrat or Republican, don't get me wrong. I'm not really partisan. Both parties can go to hell. <laughs> you are not wrong. Okay. Well, it's been an interesting episode. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Um, I'm going to do something I never do and say if you uh, really want to see how these little AI experiments I've been doing are panning out, check out my YouTube channel. It's called The Deep Gripping Reality. Um, there's an interesting one with uh, Bing, with Sydney, and they're actually discussing the metaverse. One of my personal favorites that is way underviewed, in my opinion, is a minute 42, and it's uh, AI wrote a story, and it's not bad. That's actually taken out of the longer one, but I did a I did some background images, and it was pretty interesting. It's I think you guys would definitely appreciate it. If you have any questions, hit me up. You know how. And uh, thank you very much, Ginger, for being on the Wee. Deep Gripping Reality podcast. It's going to be great for those who listen and don't watch the video. I know, right? <laughs> this is uh, us telling you you should probably watch the video sometime too. It's a lot of fun. It'll be on YouTube. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time. And until next time, dig deep, my friends. Dig deep. Uh.